to the Cross-Eyed Radio Program, sponsored by Joshua Revolution. Cross-Eyed is a radio talk show dedicated to proclaiming the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. We want to encourage you to open your Bibles with us as we study the life-changing revelation found within the scriptures in how to live the victorious Christian life. Now, let's go into the studio of Revolution Radio with your host, Pastor Mike Chory. Welcome tonight to Cross-Eyed. And we are so excited to have you tonight coming to you the second hour of these two live broadcasts coming off the heels of the last Trump tonight. And for those of you that prayed with me in the first hour, call the operator. We want to send you postage paid free of charge, the book Cross-Eyed, How to Have Victory Over Sin. All you have to do, call the number 716-229. That's Buffalo, Western New York, 716-229-8000. And our friends north of the border up in Canada, call us at one 2920 Just tell them, I prayed with Pastor Mike to receive the Lord. Maybe it was a prayer of coming back to the Lord to get right with him. And we just thank God for every decision we want to hear from you. It encourages us so much to hear from you. This is what these broadcasts are all about. They are about people finding Jesus, finding salvation. And tonight you have to call to tell us that you prayed to make that decision. And we're going to rejoice with you. And again, we'll send out to you the book Cross-Eyed, How to Have Victory Over Sin. Hey, tonight here on Cross-Eyed Radio, we've got special guests coming up and you're not going to want to miss this. You're going to hear what God is doing in India and around the world. So don't touch that dial, but we're going to start off with a song, getting you ready to hear the word of God tonight. I can feel revival coming, church. I can feel it, and you're going to sense it as you hear this interview tonight. Let this song be a blessing to you. When the solid ground is falling out from underneath my feet Between the black skies and my red eyes I can barely see And when I'm feeling like I've been let down by my friends and my family I can hear the rain reminding me In the eye of the storm You remain in control In the middle of the war You guard my soul You alone are the anchor When my sails are torn Your love surrounds me When my hopes and dreams are far from me and I'm running out of faith, I see the future I picture slowly fade away. And when the tears of pain and heartache are pouring down my face, I find my peace in Jesus' name. In the eye of the Surrounds me, 
just don't know how I'm gonna make ends meet. I did my best, now I'm scared to death that we might lose everything. And when a sickness takes my child away and there's nothing I can do, my only hope is to trust you. I trust you, Lord, in the eye of the In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. Oh, yes, what a song tonight! In the eye of the storm, he remains in control. Do you believe that tonight? I believe that I'm trusting in it. Listen. I know there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of alarm out there, but if you're in Christ, you have nothing to be afraid of. The Apostle Paul said to die is gain, to live is Christ. Think about it. What's the worst they can do to us? Kill us, we go to be with Jesus. You, a Christian has nothing to fear and we are given the Holy Spirit who gives us the courage in the midst of the storm Jesus remains in control. You're listening tonight to Crossside Radio, and we want to welcome everybody to this broadcast. And tonight, I, I just am overwhelmed when I see someone who's doing a work for God around the world and doing it globally. And tonight here on Crossside Radio, we have a special guest, Dr. Bobby Gupta. He serves as the president of HBI Global Partners. And Pastor Bobby, I just want to welcome you to Crossside Radio tonight. It is a joy to have you. Thank you so much, Pastor Mike, and it's a privilege for us to be here. Amen. We're going to get into your testimony in a moment, but tell us what HBI stands for. HBI is an acronym for Hindustan Bible Institute. It is a training institution in India that has come to a place where it's not only an institute, but also a college. So in India, we call it Hindustan Bible Institute and College. Praise God. And God is doing a work in India. I had lunch with this dear brother today. Tell us a little bit about what the Lord has been doing for the last, what really for the last hundred years, but particularly now as you as the president, what you're seeing. It's amazing what God has done. It was started in 1952 in Chennai, in India, with five students. And so my, about 75 years. Yes. Yeah. And my dad used to say it was started with in a rented building and a borrowed missionary because he couldn't stay there. He was studying in the United States and had to come back. But in 1952, he started it. And since then, we've graduated over 13,500 men and women who have graduated or received a diploma from our organization. Uh, but in addition to that, we've trained over 150,000 pastors who are serving the Lord in our country and doing amazing things. And what God put in our heart was, 
how can we take these pastors who are foundations that can be used to multiply churches throughout the nation? And consequently, we've seen some incredible growth in the church in our nation. And when we went back, my wife and I, in 1983, in our nation, there were only 114,000 churches. But today, they're estimating over 800,000 churches. It's an amazing growth that we have seen in our country. That, that is just staggering. But you have to give people a perspective. Because over lunch, we were talking about how many people there are in India. Tell, tell our listeners how many people. Now, just for an example, there are 330 million people in the United States of America that live here. How many in India? We have over 1.4 billion people in our country, almost three times more than the United States. Wow. And of the 1.4 billion, how many people in 1952 would you say were Christian? Our government used to project a number of 2.3% that were Christian. They haven't changed that number since 1947. But truly today, God has grown his church. People have responded. Unconditionally, people have begun to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal savior. And we are seeing the church grow. And it is now estimated by those who understand the growth in our country, like church growth and church mobilization movements in our country, they're projecting it at 20%. My goodness. 20% of 1.4 billion makes over 280 million followers of Christ in my country. And you're talking about 800,000 churches. Yes, sir. In India. God is doing a great work in these last days. And it really uh, started with your father, this organization, HBI, which uh, was HBI India, which now you've brought here the president of for India. Uh, Malini Asur is the president. She serves there. And, and you've just taken on this position, correct? Yes. I have taken it on from February 2023. And it's a great journey for me to be with Hindustan Bible Institute for the last 38 years. Wow. God, I have seen God at work. I always say I get the privilege of sitting in the first row to watch God bringing people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I have witnessed through the ministries over 6 million people accepting Christ as a personal Savior. So when we talk about revival and we're asking God to revive America, you are seeing it, Bobby, in India. Am I correct to say that? Yes, sir. It's amazing. While on one end of the spectrum, people would like to see and say that India, the church in India is not growing, and it's our government that would prefer not to project it as growing because it is so growing that if the peoples of India saw it, they would no longer be the majority. They would become the minority. And they do not want to be the minority in this nation because one day they're hoping that they could call this a Hindu nation. Right now we are a secular nation yeah. and we have the freedom to preach the gospel 
And people are responding like we have never seen before. The Lord is on the move. What would you say in your country right now? How many um, are Hindu or Muslim or of another faith? You have 20% that you believe now are Christian. How does it break down the other 80%? The way the Indian government projects it, if we didn't take the 20%, I'll share that with you first. Okay. Which would say that the largest number of people broken down by religion would be 87% of India's population would be called Hindu. Okay. About 11% would be called Muslim. And then 2.3% would be called uh, Christian. And the rest of them are less than a percent. They are the Sikhs, the Jains, the Buddhists, and, you know, the animists that live up in the tribal communities of our country. But what we're seeing that is changing is there is a rapid growth among the Islamic community, and they may have grown between 12 to 13 percent of India's population. But the greatest growth has been in the Church of Jesus Christ. And so we praise God. One of the ways to perceive and understand it is my own city. When I went back to India in 1983, we had about 500 churches in our city. We never had a church with over a thousand people in our city. But today we have over 13,000 churches in our city. And the largest church has 50,000 people worshiping in it. It's an amazing growth that we are seeing. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. God has poured his Holy Spirit, and we are seeing people respond, lives changed, hearts transformed, communities also beginning to change. Many places in the villages of our country, we have over 600,000 villages in our country. Many of them never had a single church, but today there are many villages that 100% of the people have become followers of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I, I want to, I have so much to ask, and we're going to get into the message of the cross tonight here on Crossside Radio. Uh, Pastor Bobby's going to be preaching tomorrow at Cross River Tabernacle. But can you describe for me, uh, Malini or Pastor Bobby, the difference between HBI Global and then HBI India? Because you have two different responsibilities. Um, Malini, you want to go first? And what is the ministry there in India that you run now? Okay, Hindustan Bible Institute and College, which was started in 1952 with a single focus of giving every man, every woman, every boy, every girl an opportunity to hear, understand, and respond to the gospel and be discipled into communities of believers. The vision that God has given to HBI and colleges to see a dynamic transformational church in every village and colony of every town and city of our nation. Mm. That's what HBI is focused on to fulfill this purpose and the vision that God has placed in our hearts to disciple the whole nation. The core ideology that God has given to us is to develop God-class transformational leaders through various training programs. So at HBI, if you are looking at HBI, it is a leadership development program that is aiming to fulfill the purpose and the vision of discipling the whole nation. We have formal training program, which is our Bible colleges, which is from the undergrad to the PhD level theological program. 
Then we have a non-formal training program where we bring the village pastors, village church planters, and train them on a non-formal training program so that they don't need to come and get stuck for four years or five years in a seminary. Then we also train the pastors and church planters and leaders in all the local churches of various denominations, giving them a vision to disciple the whole nation for Jesus Christ. Mm. And we also... Uh, as you know, India is filled with people, people, people. We have got 4,693 people groups. If we need to reach these people groups, we need to train cross-cultural ministry missionaries Amen. because they have to get out of their culture, get into another culture, incarnate themselves into the culture and disciple them to Jesus Christ. But enable and equip leaders to raise up in that culture who can plant churches so that it will be contextual and indigenous. Then recently, maybe about 10 years ago, God brought to our attention something that was happening. If you look at India's population, 35, uh, 65% of our population is under the age of 35. Wow. Which is about 700 million young people. So God wants us to focus on the next generation and how we can train them mostly as bivocational, missional people. So wherever they are, they can be Christ's witnesses and they can disciple people at workplace. While we were doing that, another thing that God brought to our attention is the children because 35% of our population is under the age of 15, 0 to 15, we are talking about almost 500 million children. Hmm. If we do not invest in them, equip them, give them the God, godly values, we may have a godless generation. So if you are looking at HPI, this is what God is asking us to do so that we can train the adults, we can train the young people, we can train the cross-cultural missionaries, we can train the next generation and the emerg emerging generation. But all of them are trained as God class transformational leaders so that families are transformed, individuals are transformed, communities are transformed, ultimately the nation will be transformed. The power of the gospel, only, only the power of the gospel can do that. And what I hear with HBI, there, you are very, very committed to making disciples, leading them to Jesus, but then discipling them to learn the word of God and how to live according to the word of God. So, so Pastor Bobby, global now, what is, how is that different than what India is doing? Tell me about that. Well, when we first started, we started as being a movement that was based in India. And <clears throat> what we did was we were training Indians to reach one Indian to reach another Indian for Jesus Christ. But I grew up in an environment that I, uh, theologically in the United States, I spent 10 years. And while I was growing and understanding the Great Commission, I began to understand that the best way is not just to only be mobilize the church in India to be local, but to become global so that we were sending missionaries anywhere and everywhere. And I came, when I came mm. to the United States, I started to share that with our board. 
of directors that were in the United States. They were at that time located in California, were currently located in Tulsa, and we are directors from different parts of our country. We gather twice a year. And as I shared with them, I said to them, HBI should be an institution that has global influence. And we started HBI Nepal. So we moved in and we began to enable a process to start a movement that is committed to what we would call the establishing of worshiping communities, one for every 1,000 people. So as we begin to do that, the gospel becomes accessible to every man, woman, boy, and girl. And so establishing worshiping communities everywhere was our passion. And so now we are going to move it beyond Nepal. We would like to see ourselves going into Sri Lanka and into Indonesia, into the Philippines, into Myanmar. Now, in reality, we have students in many countries of the world. Mm. And so we're liaisoning with them and hoping we would start movements as we partner with them, partner with churches that share a common vision for the discipling of a whole nation through saturation church planting. And we're trusting that God will take us and use us. HBI Global Partners is really based in the United States. HBI India is based in the different countries. And we're hoping HBI Global Partners in the United States will become a strategic movement. But one day we're hoping that the leaders from all of these different countries will start coming and we would gather together in different parts of the world and report what's happening in the Nepal context. What is God doing in the Indian context? But not only in India, but also in the United States, we're hoping we will have HBI USA mobilizing the church in North America so that the North American church is beginning to ask the question, what do we need to do so that the church in America is discipling people so that there's a gospel presence in every church and every community in this nation, but also giving them a new perspective of how can we become globally engaged so every church will be local and global. And that's what HBI Global Partners is all about. Praise God. That is a big vision. It's a world vision. But God's vision is world, world evangelism. Pastor Bobby, I have... uh, I want to ask you this question. I know it's a loaded one, but you come from a Hindu background and God plucked you out of that, saved your soul, came into your life, changed you. And now you are a part of a ministry to disciple, win people to Jesus all around the world. Take us back because I know there are people listening that come from various backgrounds, be it Muslim Hindu, Catholic, whatever it may be, how did God get a hold of your family? That's a very good question because my father was the one who grew up in a Hindu home and he used to do his father's books. And one day when he was doing his father's books, his father looked at him and said, son, I'm observing that you're changing all the numbers and there's no hope for you if you continue to be deceiving and deceptive. And that was the first time it ever dawned on my dad that he needed to live beyond his current state of being. And he began to look into it and he said to his father, what must I do? And my dad 
grandfather said to him, I don't know, go ask your grandma. So he went to his grandmother. And when he went to his grandmother, he said, Grandma, what must I do? And she said, I don't know, why don't you read the Bhagavad Gita? Because he was a Hindu and the religious book that is most formally written, there are many religious books in Hinduism, but the book that most people can understand is the Bhagavad Gita. So she said, go and read it. So he got a hold of the book and he began to read it. And as he began to read the, the story that is in the Bhagavad Gita, he came across a text and the text said that God came to save righteous people. So he went to his grandma, what must I do? How can I become a righteous person? She said, what is that book telling you to do? And so mm. my dad would say to us as we grew up and children, I climbed the mountains, I broke the coconuts, I chanted the mantras, I went to the Ganges River, I dipped myself in the river, all the time trying to become a righteous person. I even walked on coal, burning coal, to bring myself under control so that my mind would be in control. But he said, the more I looked at myself, I saw nothing but a state of evil. My mind was evil, my heart was evil, mm. my actions were evil. And in the midst of that, he thought, I have no hope. There is no way for me to get to become holy, righteous, so I can become part of the Almighty God. And in that state of hopelessness, one day he was sitting in his home and he heard a man make a statement. And the statement was, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Sorry, that was not the worst. He said, this is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. Wow, he said, I've never heard about a God that came to save sinners. All my gods came to look for the righteous. But here's a God that came to save sinners. So he said to his help in the house, can you go and ask that man if he has any literature? Now, this was somewhere in the early 1930s. My dad was born in 1920. He was about 17 years of age mm. when he was asked to leave his home. So somewhere just past the middle of that 1930, he began to come into the knowledge of truth. And that man said, I don't have any literature, but I have my Bible. I believe he was a missionary hmm. who came from the West and he preached in our nation. And he must have thought after serving the Lord, there was nothing that he did. But I'm sure today he knows all that God did because he stood there faithfully and preached and said that. So my father's help came in. He brought the Bible to him. And then when he opened the Bible, that's the verse he read was, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, Wow, I've climbed the mountains, I've broken the coconuts, I've chanted the mantras, no rest for me. And then he read that Bible from cover to cover, from one side of the Bible to the other end of the Bible. And one day he was reading the book of Ephesians. And in the second chapter, he read, you were dead in your trespasses and sin. 
But in Christ Jesus, you are made alive. And all of a sudden, he saw what Christ had done for him. Wow. As you read through that text, in the first early part of it, it talked about formally, this is how you used to live. You're governed by the world. You were governed by Satan. You were governed by your flesh. You were governed by all kinds of forces that were driving you into living a life outside of God. Mm -hmm. But then he read, in Christ Jesus, God in his grace and his mercy, he made it possible through his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who went to the cross of Calvary. And when he went mm -hmm. there, he died and suffered. So we who are far away from God could be brought into a relationship with Christ. And when he read that verse, for by grace you are saved through faith, that not of your works. It is the gift of God. The gift of God. That any man should boast. That was when it came to him. Wow. Praise Only God, God could redeem me. And that's when he responded very positively to the gospel. He began to preach it. His parents didn't like it. They, had to, they tried to poison him. But then when he, they couldn't successfully take his life, they asked him to leave home. And when he left home for about 10 years, he was an evangelist preaching mm. the gospel. Tonight, we're talking to Pastor Bobby Gupta and Malini Asir, who head up a ministry in India that's now going global to reach people with the gospel and to disciple them and to see the whole world be reached with this gospel message. And uh, if you are a believer in Jesus and you know the problems with America, the only hope is the gospel, the only hope. Tonight, we want you to go to our website, joshuarevolution.org, because coming December 27th through the 29th, we are hosting the event be holy i'll say it right revive us again uh which is taken right out of psalms 85 6 and it's a cry from the psalmist revive us again that we may rejoice in thee and that cry was for the nation of israel but for all of us that have been grafted into the commonwealth of israel and we believe that god is saving the best for last. If you remember the first miracle that Jesus did in his earthly ministry, he changed the water into wine at the end of the wedding celebration. And so we're, we're believing for this great move of God. But tonight our guests are sharing with us in their country, this move of God, Pastor Bobby, it's already happening. How many would you say in your country that were of a Hindu persuasion in your lifetime since your father turned this ministry over to you at how old were you? You were just a young boy. What, 20, 22 years old was it that you saw what your dad was doing? Mm -hmm. I was 22 years old. And for the first time I was traveling with him in the United States, I didn't really understand because I was really a rebellious child. But when I heard him talk about the significant things that he was involved because we came out of colonialism into nationalization and the doors were being closed 
And my dad was asking the question, Lord, please keep the doors open. And he was praying. And he was studying the book of Philippians. And, you know, the Apostle Paul writes that his imprisonment was for the furtherance of the gospel. And he's writing from prison and he's writing to the church at Philippi. And I'm re he's reading the text and he says, Lord, what do you mean by that? Paul is in prison. He can't go and preach. How can it be for the furtherance of the gospel? And then the Holy Spirit began to say to him, read the text, read the text. And when he read the text, it says, now that I'm in prison, those who were not preaching the gospel began to preach Christ. Mm. Wow. When my dad read that, he said, Lord, what are you saying? And the Lord said, look at who's doing the work. It's the missionaries. You guys are not taking responsibility for the gospel. And he said, Lord, from today, I'm going to pray. And he began a prayer to pray that every Indian will take the responsibility. And one day God said to him, are you serious with it? And he said, you asked me to pray. I'm serious. And he said, well, are you willing to do whatever I ask you to do? And he said, surely, Lord. And he said, Lord said to him, Paul, here's what I want you to do. I want you to train men mm. and women from your country to preach the gospel. And he said, Lord, I got kicked out when I was in the 17, when I was 17 years old. I don't even have a high school education. And then the Lord said to him, don't worry about that. Are you ready and willing and to be obedient to do what I ask you to do? And he said, yes, I am. And before he knew it, he ended up at Biola, what is called Biola University, then was known as the Bible Institute of Los Angeles, and God started to train him. And then in 1952, as Sister Malini was saying, we began the ministry. We've trained all these people in our country, and the church is growing incredibly. How many would you say of, of Indians in your country have come to Jesus out of Hinduism or whatever they were believing and have become Christians in your ministry lifetime? During my ministry lifetime, but not only through our ministry, sure. but all the because ministers. we are committed to mobilizing the whole church, I would say about 15% of India's population has turned to and Jesus. And how many would that be, people-wise? Because that's an astronomical number. It will be over 200 million people. Over 200 million people in the last, say, 75 years, right? Se yes. And so God is very much alive in India. And we are asking him to, to birth a revival in America. And I want to ask both of you this question. I want to start with Malini. When you look at America, what what is your message? What you have seen in the country where you're from, what does America need today? I would say uh, when I look at the U.S., this God is at work here too. One thing is we need to sense what God is doing and join him in his mission of reaching the whole world. It's not mission is not only there, but mission is here. Because what I see from as an Indian, millions of Indians have come into the USA. 
and there's a great opportunity for the American Christians to reach the Indians Amen. whom God has brought into the U.S. They may be students, they may be in IT sectors, they may be running businesses, but millions God has brought at your doorstep so that you can reach out to them, build bridges of love and disciple them. When you pray, God does a miracle. And they, when they experience mm. the power of the gospel, they are delivered. And then we can disciple them. There's a great opportunity for Americans and American churches to get involved with people who have come from different countries. That's what I see. Well, that's amazing. Pastor Bobby, how powerful, I know this is a, a loaded question, but how powerful is this gospel message and, and, and explain it for our listeners tonight. What is the gospel? When we say preach the gospel, share with our listeners what that message is for them tonight. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is the power of God to reconcile us into a personal relationship with our Heavenly Father who created us. The post-creation relationship and by the time of Genesis chapter 3, when we became rebellious to God and put ourselves under the authority of Satan, we became distant from God. But what God did in Christ Jesus, he came, he lived, he served, and he remained without sin. And he went to the cross of Calvary. Amen. And when he went there, he paid the price for our sins so that we who are far away from God can come close to him and have an intimate relationship with him. The challenge that many people are facing today is we don't realize what happened in the 1960s and the pre-1960s coming out of the World War and the rebellion that the people of America went through and they moved away from the authority of God. And to really answer the question that you asked, Sister Malini, is what has happened to the people of America? They moved away from the authority of God. They moved away from the Word of God. They lost the relationship that they can have with Jesus Christ. And in the process, we became more like the world and more allowing our flesh to rule us. And Satan took advantage of that and we today live away from God. But the gospel mm. is God's answer. Yes. And it's the power of God to transform us. And when he comes into a relationship with us, he also brings the Holy Spirit of God into us. Right. And when the Holy Spirit of God comes into our life, he empowers us. He enables us. You know, my dad's favorite verse was, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. New creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And what happens to one who turns back to God and puts themselves under the authority of God and allows God to once again rule and reign our lives, he begins to transform us. Our minds are transformed. That's why he says, in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. And then he says, be not confirmed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that I might Amen. prove God's will is good, perfect, and acceptable. 
And so I think as we look at our world that is around us, the only answer is the restoration of us into a relationship with Jesus Christ because he created us with a purpose. He created us so that we can have a relationship with him. He created us so that he could lead us, that we would become his righteousness in the midst of a world that has become so dark. And so I believe the gospel is our only hope for bringing peace, for bringing joy, for walking under the authority with clarity in our minds of what God wants us to do. And it's the only answer that will take away from the world and our flesh so that we now live again under the spirit and the authority of God. And his word is an everyday instrument that he has given to us that when we study it and internalize it, it transforms us, it leads us, it guides us, and we can live for the praise of his glory. Amen, amen. And we have people in our country, and, and of course in Canada, that are very religious. And they, they, they try to live to please God. And even those that are bound by sin, they try programs, they try by discipline and willpower to break that grip of sin that's in their life and it's not working for them. And, and someone, uh, the two of you that have come from a country, uh, that is very prominent in trying to be good, trying to be righteous. As you have mentioned today, pastor Bobby, that was taught to your father. What is the message to that? How does the revelation come to a man or a woman that you cannot become righteous, you cannot break the grip of sin. What do we say to Americans and Canadians tonight that are religious, but yet have not yet met Jesus? I think the message is the same message that my father had to come to grips with. You know, he sincerely, like every Indian in India, I mean, if you go into a temple in India, you would see some of the most highly educated highly committed, wealthiest people that will fall on the ground and fall prostrate with the desire to say, God, help me. I don't know what to do, but I want to please you, and I want to be that righteous individual. But I can't. I do everything that I can do, but I can't. And the answer to that is what we don't realize is we are dead in our trespasses and sin. And in that impotency, if I can use that word, we don't have the power to do anything that is righteous. And because we cannot do anything that is righteous, we flip into the flesh. We flip into the way of the world. We flip into the power of darkness. We flip into the desires of our flesh. And I think what we have to realize is when every time we begin to see that there is another source controlling us, we need to say, wake up, Bobby. You're not living. Something else is living in you. You need to give up that thing that is destroying you and causing you to have you know, disorder and conflict in the midst of us and come to the place where you say, God, I cannot do anything to be righteous. 
But if you can help me, I can. And I think whether it's an American, Caucasian, or African-American, or an Indian from India who's a Sikh, or a Hindu, or a Muslim, they all need to understand Amen. God so loved the world right. that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him will not perish but will have eternal life. And I think it's the whosoever that we should understand that God's redemptive work is for everybody, but it is an act Hallelujah. of faith in Jesus Christ. And so when people put their trust in God and say, God, I've let all the other authorities rule my life. Today I want to make the decision to actually let you come and take control of my life. One day I had to decide that. I was born in a Christian home, but I was a rebellious sire. But I thought that I knew everything. I really wanted my dad's attention, but he was too busy with the ministry. And so I became rebellious to get his attention till mm. I one day, one of my teachers asked me the question. She said, Bobby, what are you doing with your life? And you know, I had stopped going to church for almost two years. I went for a picnic because she invited me and I knew she really cared about me. And when we got back from the picnic, she said, Bobby, I want you to walk me home. And she started the discussion, Bobby, what are you doing with my life? And I walked her all the way home arguing what a good guy I am and how kind I am and how good I'm doing things. And she listened to me and she tried to argue a little bit with me and she realized that it was no way good arguing with me. So she listened, listened, listened. And when I got to her home, never before, she stepped inside the gate and closed the gate and said, Bobby, I'm going to pray for you. I said, you should have been praying for me all the time. And she said, I have. And I turned around. And for about three months, that question kept coming back. Bobby, what are you doing with your life? And I think that there are people that are probably having the same question. What are you doing with your life? Are you messing it up? Are you trying to make it count? Are you trying to make a difference? And you're still feeling a vacuum in there and you're not actually accomplishing it. That's where I was. And when I came to that realization that I was spinning my wheels, trying to make things happen and nothing was happening, I remembered all that my dad had preached and all that my family stood for. And I said, Lord, that day, God, today, I have made a decision that I'm going to answer that question that I need to do something that will make a difference in my life. And I received Jesus Christ that day Hallelujah. as my personal Lord and Savior. And he came back and took full authority of my life. And today, I praise Hallelujah. God that he Hallelujah. did that for me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Pastor Baba, we have just a few moments. But I want you tonight to give our listeners an opportunity to do something with their life, to come to Jesus. And if, if a family like your family that was once in Hinduism and your dad came out of that, gave his heart to Jesus, and now his son following in his footsteps as a preacher, leading a global ministry along with what God is doing in India so great in these last days. If he can do that with you, I know He's got something 
for people that are listening tonight saying, what am I doing with my life? Because right now it's spinning and spinning, but it's nothing is happening tonight. If you give your heart to Jesus and you put your faith in the finished work of the cross, Jesus on that cross said it is finished. He paid what you could not pay for. I could not pay for the world could not pay for. He paid for it with his blood. He shed his blood on that cross. And when he said to Laos, it was paid in full. It is finished. What part of it is finished? Don't we understand? Tonight, if you'll place your faith in the finished work of the cross of Calvary, he will save you. He will come into your heart and he will do something with your life. I don't know if one day you'll be the global ministry for America, but I know one thing. He will do a work in you that you could never do without him. And I'm going to ask you, Pastor Bobby, to pray right now and lead our listeners to the saving power of Jesus Christ. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, the likelihood is you're at home listening. But some of you may be in a truck driving. Others of you may be in a car. Some of you may just be all by yourself somewhere trying to find purpose in life. This evening, I want to invite you to come into a decision to make that choice, to say, Lord, I've tried it all. And like Brother Bob, I have never succeeded. And today, I understand that what's going to make me is to be restored for the purpose for which you had made me. And that is to have a relationship with you and to live for the praise of your glory. And if you're that individual that's in that truck or in that car, can I ask you to pull over for a moment and would you pray and ask God as I lead you through the prayer. Father, we know that we were created by you. And Father, this evening, there are many that are going to pray and ask us to once again re-enter into their lives. I pray, Father, as they pray that you would minister to their hearts. And my brothers, at this time, can I ask you to repeat this prayer with me? Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I know that you are the creator of the heavens and the earth. I know that you are the creator of the heavens and the earth. Thank you, Lord, for creating me in a very special way that I am just like you. Thank you for creating me in a very special way that I'm just like you. I know that Satan has taken me away from you. I know that Satan has taken you, taken me away from you. But this evening, O oh Lord, I want to come back to you. But this evening, I want to come back to you. Will you forgive me for my sins? Will you forgive me of my sins? Will you come and dwell within me? Will you come and dwell within me? And Father, will you take full control of my life? And Father, will you take full control of my life? That I could continue to have that relationship with you. That I could continue to have that relationship with you. And live for the praise of your glory. And to live for the praise of your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. 
And for everyone that prayed with Pastor Bobby right now, I want you to do a favor for yourself. I want you to call the number tonight. And we want to give to every person that has come to Christ. I want to give you a copy of the New Testament Expositor's Study Bible. We'll send it to your home free, postage paid, free of charge. You just call the number. Say, I prayed with Pastor Bobby tonight. The number to call, 716-229-8000, 716-229-8000, or up in Canada, one 444 2920. That's 1-888-444-2920 and call the operator and we're going to send those Bibles right out to you. And we're going to celebrate with you tonight the decision that you made to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Pastor Bobby, I am excited about tomorrow morning. And of course, Melina, you're going to be with us both sharing in the service 10 o'clock tomorrow at Cross River Tabernacle. And if you don't have a church to attend, come on out. We are located at 2920 Grand Island Boulevard. You're going to hear more about what God is doing in India and around the world. I'm looking forward to it. Pastor, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for this great opportunity. Amen. Pastor Bobby, we got about 30 seconds. Tell people why they should come hear you preach tomorrow. Well, tomorrow we're going to talk about the power of God's reconciliation in Christ Jesus. And we want to invite you to come. And Pastor, I'd like to make an offer too. The story of my father is in a book. And if they would write to you and ask for that story, I will leave copies with you so you can send it to those people. But it is how a man from the darkness of Hinduism turned to Jesus Christ wow. and how God used him in a powerful way to transform a nation. Wow, wow, thank you. That is so kind. And if you will say tonight you would like a copy of that book, we will get it to you. So make sure be with us tomorrow at Cross River Tabernacle. Thanks for listening tonight. We love you. God bless you. listening to Cross-Eyed, a radio talk show sponsored by Joshua Revolution. If Cross-Eyed has been a blessing to you, please let us know by sending a testimony of how the program has helped you. If you would like to support Cross-Eyed financially, you can send financial gifts to Joshua Revolution, P.O. Box 923, Grand Island, New York, 14072, or go online to joshuarevolution.org. We thank you for your help and prayers. And remember to tune in next week at 9.30 p.m. for Cross-Eyed, a radio show proclaiming the message of the cross.